0: Gas.
1: Wayne, gonna pray for you again. You know, some of you in this service might not come on over here, might not recognize Wayne, but he comes to the first service. This guy's one of the first converts at this church nearly 60 years ago. Mm-hmm. He and his son got saved the same day. They got baptized on the same day. He led worship here for uh, five, six hundred years. <laughs> and, um, uh,
0: 30, actually. Thirty years.
1: And um, he's the one who looked at Sean and said, no, you need to be helping with worship. So he's standing there because this guy's standing here. So we're really thankful for Wayne. First service, one of his sons was here, and he said, this guy's my idol. His son called him his idol. Boy, that's a lot to say, isn't it? Wayne, some sickness has attacked his body, and um, he has a surgery a week from tomorrow. He will not be with us next Sunday, but having surgery the next day and we're going to pray for him today that god will touch his body uh, by any means and every means he chooses to use but this man has served the lord for 60 years in this fellowship and we're just blessed and that's some good win for somebody this side of 40 isn't it (laughs) he's old enough to be my big brother
2: Can we just stand together and pray for Wayne. Can we do that? Yeah. Lord, thank you for your amazing love and the good gift that you give us and people to serve alongside. And Wayne has been a blessing to this congregation for decades. Thank you for his faithful service and the much fruit that he has of, of serving you. Thank you for his family. I pray your blessing on all of them. And in particular, now these days, we pray for Wayne as he has a health concern that you'll ask. We ask you, God, to heal him and touch his body. And we ask you, God, to use doctors and medicines and just your hand, God, to heal him and make him well. Give him strength. God, encourage him. Give him your peace and comfort, particularly for Della and his wife and the kids' family. I ask your peace and your comfort to be with them, and that, Lord, they'll see your mighty hand. You are a good God, and you change things, and so we call upon you in this
1: day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We you may be seated. Amen. Well, today is what we call Vision Sunday. We, we do this every year. We look at where, where, where we feel God's called us to go, where we see ourselves being, and what we need to do to continue moving. So we're eventually going to be in Matthew chapter 9. You can turn there. We're going to have a few places prior to that. But um, what we want to do today is, is look at where, what we feel like God's called us to do as a church and see where we're at in relation to that and um, what, what we need to do to continue moving uh, toward the goal of that vision.
2: In our vision, we have it up in front of you, and we talk about it an awful lot, it's real life transformation, Uh, Galatians 4.19, my little children whom I am again in the anguish of childbirth until Christ is formed in you, that uh, through the gospel and through the message of the scriptures and through Jesus and the power of the spirit, we are made in the image of Christ and from the very beginning when we uh, 10 years ago laid this out as our vision we said the hard thing about this vision is going to be difficult to measure because we can't look into your hearts really and see if you're being transformed now we can see a lot of things that really encourage us but the level and the degree to which you are being changed is kinda hard to measure I'm an engineer I'm a scientist I like to get data and facts and numbers you can't do that with people praise God but it is just (laughs) It just would be helpful to know more sometimes about what's going on in the hearts of people.
1: And so what we try to do to make sure that things are changing in lives is we spend a lot of time across the table from people. We (laughs) encourage you to be involved in people's lives so that you can see the progress that your life is having in them and theirs is having in you. But we also spend time with a lot of folks across the table to, to see how we're doing in this. And we're going to continue to do that because we believe that real-life transformation is going to take place because of our relationship with Jesus spurred on by our relationship with one another. So what we want to do this morning, we want to look in, um, in three different areas in, in, in relation to vision. The first one is the importance of having vision. Uh, secondly, we want to look at where we, where we are now, where we see ourselves being now. And then thirdly, we want to look at uh, where we're going. Uh, some things that are ahead of us. So first off the importance of vision. Yeah.
2: So Proverbs 29:18 says this where there is no prophetic vision the people cast off restraint but blessed is he who keeps the law. And so we want to lay before you what we think the Bible tells us uh, we should be doing as a church family what God is calling us to do and that's about making disciples people who follow Jesus and become like him and it's because that it is the Bible that leads us to what we are to be we make that our first core value right underneath our vision of real life transformation and, and calling people to become people that follow Jesus we want to teach the Bible well and so we do that we've done it for 10 years we were preaching through the whole Bible we have a goal of getting it done in 15 years um, and we preach it long and hard. And whatever the text says, this is why we do verse by verse an awful lot of the time, is because we don't want to just pick our favorite things, right, and say the easy things. We want to, what's the text saying, and do our best to say it. Now, sometimes we don't do it well, but that's our attempt, is to try to teach the Bible, teach it faithfully, teach it with all its power uh, that lives might be changed.
1: Now, look at what it says that in Proverbs 29, 18. It says, where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. A vision makes it so that we have discipline and responsibility in our lives, but then it tells us what that vision is to be rooted in when it says, but blessed is he who keeps the law. If our vision is not rooted in God's word and what God's word has to say rather than our cultural influence, then we have nothing solid to stand on. We will be blessed to the degree, to the extent that our vision is rooted in his law. And so that's the reason. Our first core value is that the Bible is God's word and we're going to preach it. Uh, we have uh, sermon topics lined out for the next year and a half, uh, in, in line with our goal to just preach through the Word in fifteen years. Next year, next Sunday, next Sunday, we start a four Sunday ser- series on Malachi, Malachi the Italian prophet. He's the last of the Old Testament. Go to Matthew and turn left; he's right there, and um, so you can start reading Malachi one. And then uh, after the first of the year, we're going to do First Corinthians for twenty four Sundays. Then we're going to do Leviticus for six Sundays. Uh, we might issue a challenge to memorize Leviticus. We'll see how far yeah, that challenge goes. Right, yeah, yeah. We're going to have ten ser- <laughs> sermons on major doctrines of the faith. We're going to have six sermons in Second Peter. And then even into 19, we're going to either be looking into Hebrews or the first third of... Romans. So we are serious about teaching the Bible as God's Word because it is the transforming power. It is what's going to bring real life transformation.
2: And we're really excited about uh, some of the younger guys that are going to be preaching some of these sermons. We're actually going to have four of us preaching this next year. Jason Benson will be preaching a time or two, and our new children's pastor. We're excited to have him. And Jared will be preaching a bunch too, as we have done. And we we want to have young guys being developed and growing in their giftedness and preaching. And, and we just think when you hear. From different voices you kind of hear it uniquely uh, and so I think we learn better when we learn from a multitude of teachers and so we are going to aim to have several of us teach this year
1: with our goal to get through the Bible in 15 years at the end of this year we will have taught verse by verse through 36 of the 66 books mm-hmm. we'll have taught sections of 12 more so that puts us at 48 we've taught 19 series on various topics so we, we, we are diligent we are intentional and deliberate about preaching through God's word because we really do believe that it is the only way that lives are going to be changed and its presentation of the gospel.
2: And this whole book we call the Bible has a core message that comes throughout the whole thing. It, it is from the Old Testament pointing ahead to a savior and the New Testament revealing who that new testament that who that savior is in Jesus and that we are saved through faith in him that we are a people who are, are broken and we have gone our own way and made a mess of our lives and God looks at all of that and he still loves us the same it's an amazing thing And in fact, he's gracious and compassionate toward us in our weakness. He wants us simply to come to him, so he invites us to a relationship with him through Jesus, who dies on the cross for our sin, that we might be fully and completely forgiven, given the righteousness of Christ, given the power of the Spirit to walk in obedience to him, and then set loose to serve him as the King King, and King and Lord's Lord of our lives. That's the message of the gospel, it's the message of the Bible, and that is the message that changes us. And so we can teach all these books, 66 books by 40-some authors, And it has this standard big picture that comes forth in all the texts of Jesus and what he's done for us.
1: Now listen, our our vision of real-life transformation, genuine practical change of who we are into who he is, rooted in Galatians 4.19, for I'm, I'm in anguish like in childbirth until Christ is formed in you. This is a process that takes time. Somebody said the other day it takes a lifetime to make a man of God. And, and we want to rush this thing and make it hurry up. But you know the beautiful thing about it is that the, the Wayne Tuttles and the Buck Buchanans and the on and ons of this life who have been serving Jesus for decades, still striving, still working, still learning more, still seeking to represent him better because it takes time. And so we commit to, um, we commit to sticking with the gospel, sticking with one another mm-hmm. until Christ is formed in us. Yeah.
2: You know, one of the things we see in this valley, you know, pastors together kind of sit and look at the Christian pastors and talk about if there are things that could be done better. And one of the things that we see is kind of this merry-go-round of the saints just rotating quickly through churches and not staying long and just spending a little bit of time and moving from one to the other. And while there is a time to move and shift, there really is. We believe that. There's a time to have a season in one church and a time to have a season in another. To slow down that merry-go-round would be good for the health of the whole city. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and here's why, because deepening relationships is how we transform each other. It is through deeper relationships that we actually grow and it takes time i mean robert and i have been teaming together for 10 years and our relationship gets deeper and deeper year by year and we we get to places in each other's lives and helping each other grow in christ and spurring each other on to love and good deeds and, and just time in helps you grow in the deepest way and so we encourage you to find a good church and a healthy church and stay there build relationships and it's through those relationships that you really get transformed
1: so where we're at now we believe that the bible is god's word that's our first core value we believe our second core value is that we need to work in team. That's why we do everything that we do in team. We encourage it through all the ministries of the church. Our third core value is that we want this place to be a, a place of loving and caring relationships where we know one another and we actually care whether you live or die. We want it to be a place where somebody really loves me. And we feel that this is a good place for that. Our fourth core value is openness and honesty, that we can have a caring relationship because we're able to be honest with one another, with our struggles, with our hurts, with where we're at, and we're not going to be condemned, looked down on, second-rated. second, second rated. We can just be honest with one another and allow God to continue to bring change to us.
2: So that's our vision, transformation of lives um, through the Word of God, through relationships uh, over a long period of time. Um, and so... Uh, here we are today, and, and uh, we're in a good place. You know, This is a good day at Risen Life. We're really thankful. Lives are being changed. We're being changed. You're being changed by the gospel. Um, but we're not where we want to be, right? Isn't that, the, isn't that the way we are as Christians? We're thankful for where we're at, but we want to keep growing. I hope you want to keep growing. I hope you feel a fire in your belly to keep becoming more like Jesus. Um, and, and you know, as we look back over our 10 years of ministry here... We, we kind of we have to admit, we'll confess, right? I hope this doesn't disappoint you. We didn't have like a master plan to get to here. We really didn't. But here's what we were committed to to hear the voice of God and to hear His Spirit and to walk in the Spirit and try to be a Spirit filled church and, and to just be faithful to the principles that we're hearing God teach us through His Word. And so we want, in the days ahead, to be driven by the Spirit. Right? We don't have, again, another master plan for the next five years and where we're going. But, God, what are you doing with us? What do you want us uniquely to be? God, teach us. Do an amazing work in and through us by your Spirit.
1: Now, we are deliberate, we are intentional, we do look forward, ahead. And um, but we do that, and we think that's wisdom to do that. But we do it in complete light of the reality of Proverbs sixteen nine. It says, "The heart of a man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps." We can plan; he can change whatever he jolly well pleases. And yeah. and it's our responsibility to be like Gumby. Okay, we bend. Yeah, yeah, Amen. Yeah, yeah. Because we want to be in in line with what he's doing. Now we're in a good place. The importance of vision. This is our first. The second one is where are we now? We're in a good place. Look around. Look around. I mean, the church is full. The church is full of folks that are kind to one another, that love one another, whose lives are being changed. This, This is a good day here. We're really thankful for the health that God has brought here. We see team working together, the elders working together to cast vision for what God's calling us to do, to teach the Word, bring correction. Every one of the ministries working in team, we're really very thankful for the health and good place that we're in here today.
2: And particularly uh, the (coughs) unity and the love amongst our people, you know, churches sort of classically fight and have their wars and things. And and we've been really at a a place of peace for many years and I think yet moving forward with vision. So it is such a blessed day to have a spirit of unity and and hope uh, for the future here. Uh, and it's really exciting to think about a lot of the new things and the fresh things that God is doing amongst us. Uh, we have a new ministry called Link Ministry to college students and young adults, and we're just on the edge of getting formal and official acceptance at the University of Utah so we can be an official club there. We're so excited about that, and we've got some younger people that are being a part of that and getting that moved ahead. Uh, tonight, we're going to add five new deacons to our deacon team, and we have a, we have a new deacon chairman who um, is doing some cool things, and, and w- it, as we interviewed some of these deacons it was really exciting to see how god is connecting pieces like he always is doing so as you nominated new deacons and we went and interviewed them they were going you know we kind of felt like we wanted to start serving in some new ways like god's working on both ends like my gosh god is doing amazing things with us and so we'll be presenting them to you tonight to be voting on it's really cool thing
1: we have good things going on with the women's ministry just a couple of weeks ago tina asked the ladies in the women's ministry for is God bringing transformation in your life? She said, everyone in the room had something to say that God's working on them in. So we're just so thankful for what God's doing. Interns, God keeps sending us interns that our goal is to be a blessing to them, equip the next generation to do ministry, to lead out in ministry. We, we, there's such a blessing to this fellowship and we pray we're a blessing to them. Mm-hmm. And frankly, if you're interested in learning how to do ministry, yep. let us know, yep. talk with us and let's see if God has something in store for Just doing an internship together. We sent uh, Kirk and Crystal to Djibouti. Just they landed this past (laughs) week. They're getting settled in, and and just to know that we have folks that have been rooted, trained, grounded here, and serving in different parts of the world—what a blessing that is!
2: And our church plants are thriving. Uh, I want you to know. I hope you get a chance once in a while to go visit them. Actually, Uh, they're really thriving. We have one in Eagle Mountain, Redemption Hill, and then Redeeming Life out in in Rose Park, and they're just thriving. I was meeting with Brian Katherman this week for coffee, um, and he was talking about how he gets invited to, to uh, actually conferences all around the country as a model church plant for our denomination. And our, we have a big denomination. I mean, this is a really a pretty amazing thing. And he's being used as an example of, of how to. Uh, come out of a local church and to plant and get started and reach lost people and be, get aware of this culture and figure out how to reach the culture. It is so cool to see God using one of our little children coming out of here, right, to do such cool things uh, in our country.
1: So we're thankful for what's going on. Uh, Steve and Keith Radke down at Redemption Hill are going to be here tonight at the family meeting, and they have some really wonderful things that God's doing there. So be sure and check that out. You know, another area that is health is finances. It's hard to find a church these days that can say finances are in a good place. But here at Risen Life, finances are in a good place. And we're really thankful for that. We, we challenged you this past January. If you've, never, if you've never put God to the test. Now the Bible says, don't you put me to the test. But there's one place over there in Malachi 3.10. He said, you can test me in this one. <clears throat> Prove me in this, says the Lord. You bring all the tithes into the storehouse. Put me to the test and see if I won't open the windows of heaven and pour out on you a blessing. You won't be able to receive it all. And we've had so many people come to us and say, I'm taking your challenge. We want to hear stories of what God's doing in your life as a result of that. But what it has done is put us in a place where we're financially very blessed. It makes it so we can expand the ministry. We have things that still need to be done. It's dark in this segment because those lights won't come on up there, see? We had, we had a light flickering over here a few weeks ago. It's yeah. a bit of a distraction. Yeah. So there are things that still need to be taken care yeah. of. Yeah. But we are a blessed church financially. Even to the point where there actually are sparks
2: come out of these lights. That's, uh, not, the, <laughs> that's not the Holy Ghost. And it's it's not ending. the Holy Spirit. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bad need <laughs> to do some new lighting around here. And, and you might think, well, that's just a few light bulbs. But it really isn't. It's about a $30,000 project to get these lights done right. And so uh, you get that, and and you got a, a, a need for a new van. It's a safer van. Everybody's all for safety with our kids traveling, you know, these sorts of things. So, so we have some projects, probably sixty, eighty thousand dollars of projects that we'd like to knock out at the end of the year. Now, normally we're asking you, come on, year-end giving. Let's get, let's catch up. We're usually behind. We're all caught up this year. So guess what? We can do all these extra pieces that really need to be done badly. We've been putting them on hold for a long time. Let's let's have some strong year-end giving and let's get this stuff knocked out. It'll be a great blessing to our church family.
1: You know what, as a church. We, this church has tithed its income forever, from the very beginning, tithe 10%. But we have intentionally, deliberately stepped that up in recent years. We have increased our giving and missions. Um, God has made it so that our sister church in Guatemala that we've sent teams down to for several years now, we're able to, to partner with that church and be a financial blessing there. The Swahiba ministry that Jared and Sean brought to us, we've been able to be a blessing to them. And Kirk and Crystal, we've been able to commit to them for two years that we will support them while they're in Djibouti. And if God calls them to stay there longer than that, we'll see what we can do. But we are intentionally increasing our commitment to to give, to ministry, not only in this house, not only in the valley, yeah. but literally all over the world to expand God's kingdom.
2: Yeah, we want to be so missional in everything we do. And I think you can see it and feel it. I hope you do. Um, even from uh, interns as we bring them in. We've already mentioned them, but but just to train them up and be able to have the financial resources to bring in these people and to give them the money they need to live for a season and send them out uh, is such a blessing. So thank you for your faithful giving. We're able to do so much more than so many churches uh, because God has blessed us in, in these really cool ways
1: so we're really thankful for where we are so first off the need for a vision vision is the are the lines on the sides of the road that keep you in the correct lane when you're driving to lunch today look at those lines and say thank god for vision (laughs) secondly where we are we're in a good healthy place but thirdly let's look at where where do we see ourselves going and first off personally pastor kevin and myself we feel that we still have gas in our tank we have it somewhere (laughs) and
2: um (laughs) why you say that we'll laugh at later um
1: but we, st- we feel like there's still things that we would like to see. We don't see ourselves going. We're thankful to be here. We feel like we have years ahead of us serving here. and um, we're we're thankful to be able to do that. We want it to be we want this to continue to be a place that accepts people where they are and encourages us all to move forward in our walk with jesus so we're looking forward to good years been together for 10 years and we look forward to however many more years ahead that god has for us so we're thankful for what he's doing
2: when i was in the corporate world uh people that were my age they were forcing out of the company right time to retire you're you're like old and not very useful um and uh so i was watching you know you kind of look at that and you go when you get 50 you're going to kind of be on the decline and out but you know you learn a few things between 30 and 50 you know and, uh, and 50 and 70, right? You learn a few things, and it really is good to get to our mid-50s and, and feel still energized and passionate about the ministry and passionate about Jesus, passionate about the gospel, and, and hopeful of lots of new fresh things, right? And to get the team with a bunch of younger people to kind of keep us in check and in balance, it is so fun these days. We are so energized and so excited about the future. And uh, really just can't wait to get going and, d- and do the next decade. Together. And the first
1: thing we want to do, look there in Matthew 9. This is the, the thing we continue to encourage and stress. It's the same thing that Jesus said 2,000 years ago. He he said in another place, he said, you think the harvest is four months out. Look around. Look there in Matthew nine thirty-seven. The harvest is plentiful. Here's the problem. The laborers are few. That was in a day when there were more priests on the priest roll than there had ever been in the history of Israel. And Jesus said they're just too few workers. So here's what I want you to do. Verse 38. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest. This is this is the harvest of the Lord's. This is not our harvest. Mm-hmm. This is God's harvest. He cares about it more than we do. So what I want you to do, I want you to pray to the Lord of the harvest and ask him to send laborers into his harvest. And we've been doing that for 10 years. God, there's, there's such a need here. We're 1% to 2% evangelical Christian in this area. Yep. And we, we need... We need workers that are gonna help us with evangelism, help us get the message out, help us bring strength and stability and health inside the house. We need laborers. And friends, if you have come here in the last 10 years, how many of you come in the last 10 years? You're an answer to prayer. And we wanna continue asking God to send laborers into this field because there is so much more that needs to be done.
2: Think of it, we are the people with the message of the gospel of grace. The gospel Bible preaching churches in this valley, this small percentage of people that teach the true, pure gospel. Uh, we have that message, this gospel of grace and love and acceptance apart from anything we do. You know, the world just throws it down, right? All these things you got to do and be. Corporations throw it down, all the things you got to do and be. And if you aren't those, you're, you're out. And, and, you know, but in the church... We are to be a welcoming body that takes people wherever they're at, right? Because Jesus receives us wherever we're at. We don't have to clean up. We don't have to get ourselves neatened up. We don't have to get ourselves all tidy and better. Jesus just accepts us by his love and by his grace, and we get to bring that message. That's not heard in the culture. You're just accepted where you're at so that through his love and grace, you then begin to experience growth and transformation, real healthy growth, right, and be a different person. And so here we are with the gospel in our hands in this valley, and we get to share it. We get to be those ambassadors. Let's go to work.
1: So as we look forward, first off, we're committed to this thing. We're looking to be here for a long time. We're committed to one another and to doing this work together. Secondly, we, we need you praying. We, we have started a, a prayer time on uh, Sunday morning at 9 o'clock, and not a lot of 10, but God hears us. Amen? <laughs> and um, we're so thankful for that. But we want to encourage you. We want to challenge you. Would you come and be a part of that at nine o'clock Sunday morning uh, and, and make that a time where we really entreat God for not only what he wants to do here, but what he wants to do in, in Christian expressions all over this valley, state, and around the country and world. Um, we want to encourage you to, to, to pray for the staff and pray for us to be effective in, in the work that God's called us to. We're also going to be starting an after-service prayer with Dick and Tisa Manis. They're going to be leading that up for us. Dick had a hip replacement on Tuesday and was able to come to church today, but uh, concerned about infection. Kept him home. He's planning to be here soon. But they're going to be helping us with that after-service prayer time for people who need encouragement after the sermon. So get involved in prayer. We need you praying for us and for the kingdom to advance.
2: And we would like to... uh Continue to challenge ourselves um, to be more active in our witness for Christ. I, I think this is a weakness of our church. I really do. I, we, we see people come to know Christ uh, every year. We baptize several every year. I am so thankful, so thankful. And yet I think we can do so much better if we will uh, ask God by his spirit and pray and watch and look for opportunities and take the risk, right, of speaking up for Jesus. I think we can see a much greater harvest in and through our fellowship in the days ahead. So we want to challenge you, let's, let's, let's press into this call of being Christ's ambassadors uh, and ask him to give us the words of the gospel to preach and speak to our, our friends
1: and neighbors. We want to step up our evangelism. We also want to increase in the church planting. We do not believe that God's called us to build a big monolith here, a shrine to ourselves. We believe that God's called us to equip the next generation and send them out to do the work of the gospel anywhere in the valley that they feel called to do. And we believe that because when Jesus is about to head out, that's what he tells us to do. He tells us to be evangelistic and to teach the gospel. Plant churches wherever we go. In Matthew 28, just a few chapters to the right there of where you've been, it says, All authority. This is the reason that Jesus is speaking to us at all. Because in verse 18, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Now, if he possesses all authority in heaven and on earth, ah, we need to be listening to what he has to say. And so here's his charge. Because of that, he says, therefore, because of that, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And when you baptize them, here's what I want you to do. Verse 20, teach them to observe everything that I have commanded you. And Here's his promise. As you're doing that, behold, I'll be with you always, even to the end of the age. He has called us to spread the gospel. We feel the most effective way of doing that, in addition to personal evangelism, is by planting churches all over the place. We want to ask you, would you pray for church planters? We're out of them. Mm -hmm. We don't have some right now. We need more church planters. Send us church planters, dear God, so that we can equip the next generation to do the work of the gospel all over this valley.
2: And I want you to hear the call on the church in those verses. It's to make disciples, right? To make disciples. How many in this room are supposed to be making disciples? Everyone, right? right? Everyone. That's a charge to every one of us, right? Every one of us should be involved in making disciples. Who are your disciples, right? Right? Classically, what's going on in America today, right? And this isn't necessarily all wrong or bad. Everybody kind of has their place, but it's kind of an attractional model where whatever church seems to appeal to me the most, that's the one I go to. It's an attractional model, you see? And those that uh, have the fancier and better, right? More hip programs attract more. But the call of the Bible is not to attract, it's to make disciples right? So we want to do the more basic, less fancy, maybe less attractive thing of of being disciples that make disciples that make disciples. And I think you build the body of Christ stronger and better that way. So that's the aim we have uh, as we do ministry.
1: Look, as we look forward, as we look ahead, there are some changes coming to this area. They, They are projected that in the next 40 years, the valley will increase in population four times. What, what are we going to do? How, how are we going to meet the need of all those people that the world is coming to us? You know, we used to have to go to the rest of the world to be evangelists of the world. Now the world's coming to us to be evangelists to the world. Talk to your next-door neighbor. And what are we going to do? How are we going to prepare ourselves and stage ourselves to be able to be an effective witness in the future? That's a part of the responsibility that we have, and our, our goal in that is to, to address a changing culture with a never-changing gospel in effective and practical ways. Listen, the gospel never changes. How we present it has to be relevant to those that we're talking to. So what we're asking for is God to give us wisdom to be effective in meeting the cultural changes that are taking place. And what is God's primary vehicle
2: for bringing the message to the culture? What is it? The church. It is the church. It's the bride of Christ, right? And we are a flawed bride. Not because of Jesus, but because I showed up here this morning, right? And so did you, right? We're a flawed people, right? But guess what? Jesus loves his bride just the same, right? You want to get me really aggravated? You speak negatively about my bride. That will agitate me really badly, right? And that is true of the church. Jesus loves his bride. We are his treasured possession. We are the apple of his eye and we are to be the church, right? And so let's be behind the church and support the church and encourage the church. This is the vehicle that God has chosen to bring the gospel to the world.
1: And as flawed as we might think it is, friends, it's still his best idea. <laughs> you are his best idea. And he has yeah. called every one of us to be involved in it. We want to encourage you, make the church a central part of your life. Mm. Show the next generation what it means to to love the church. Don't don't go home and roast the preacher. over lunch don't don't go home and criticize the worship team over lunch don't don't talk bad about oh we have to go to church no we don't have to we get to go to church we get to be with god's people show them the beauty of what it means to serve god with his people and you know like pastor kevin said it's not going to be perfect because we all showed up today but the imperfection of the church is not because of jesus it's because of us And he had something in mind. He had an eternal purpose. It says he had an eternal purpose in Ephesians 3. Mm -hmm. His eternal purpose in Ephesians 3.10 was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in heavenly places. His eternal design was that through you, through us as a church, the manifold, every expression of God's wisdom, should be made known to the principalities and powers in this place where you find yourself living. God has placed us here to address the needs of this place through this church. Yeah.
2: So love Jesus, love him with all your heart, right? And love his bride, love his church, right? I love this building because when I come here on Sunday morning, I get to meet the people I love. But I also get to see generations that I may not be involved with in my own private lives these days. I can see little children running around everywhere. I love this. Fill this pl- Jesus, fill this place up with little children running all over. I want children to love the church. And when they love the church, when they leave your home, they'll find a church and they'll learn about Jesus and they'll walk with him all their days. I promise you, I've seen it happen in my life. And so let's let's be a people that love this church and, and have a building where people are welcomed and loved and accepted. Generations grow up and love and serve Jesus with all their heart because this is a good place. It's His
1: church. And Friends, it's worth dedicating your life to the church. i been preaching for 41 years, and it's been worth serving the Lord. I like what one guy said. There have been some hard days, some dark days, some lonely days, but it's been good days because, friends, Jesus is worth it. Thousand years from now, the only thing that's going to matter is what we did for him. Let's love the church. Let's be involved in the church. Find ways that we can be a blessing to give everything that we have. He said, Matthew 10, whoever doesn't take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake is going to find it. Friends, it is worth losing your life to serve Jesus. And serving him through the church has been a blessing in my life four decades. (laughs) That's
2: a long time. You know as we listen today to what God has for us, there really isn't anything profoundly new here today, is there? Right? There really isn't. It's Vision Sunday and yet we're saying the same things applied maybe in some different ways and I think that's what it means to be Christian. Right? We're not looking for the newfangled, fresh, crazy, wild, hottest thing. We stick with Jesus. We stick with his word. We
1: teach the fundamentals of the faith and we keep going figure out how to apply it to this culture in this day now here's the most important message we don't want you to miss there's a wall that has separated us from god and that wall is the result of our sin it has made it so we can't get into his presence if we could take care of that wall by ourselves jesus wouldn't need to show up but we cannot do it we cannot tear that wall down by our own strength or wisdom and so what god did was he sent jesus to deal with that wall When Jesus died on the cross, it was because of my sin and your sin, that wall. And in the cross, the wall is taken down. It says the separation between us and the Father has now been taken down. So sin is not the issue now. The only issue is Jesus. Do you know Jesus Christ? Have you accepted him as your personal Lord and Savior? He said, this is eternal life in John 17, 3, that you know the Father and the Son that he has sent. Do you know Jesus Christ? If not, it can be as simple and as eternal as this, God i have sinned i broke your law and i'm really sorry about that i believe that jesus died because of me for my sin would you please forgive me i receive his forgiveness and now god i give you my life i'll do what you tell me to do i'll go where you tell me to go i confess your lord Mm -hmm. that means boss i'll do what you tell me to do if you would like to pray that prayer you can do it in the, the privacy of your chair out there. Talk with us afterwards. We'll walk through with you how you can become a Christian. But friends, this is his invitation. To follow him, serve him with everything that we have through the agency he has sent, which is the church. We encourage you to do that. So here's the opportunity now,
2: if that's in your heart, to follow him, to follow where he takes you. Let's sing this song together. Take up
0: thy cross and follow